Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, Episode 21, Van Richten's Guide to Ravenloft. This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lanternnoir. Hello and welcome to uh, Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, and that means that we are done with work and we're on to talking Dungeons and Dragons. As we often are, I am Rob, a.k.a. Lantern Noir, one of your two hosts for Happy Hour this week. Uh, my pronouns are he and him, and hopefully you are finding an appropriate way to celebrate Pride Month with kicks, kicks Off today. We keep having Tuesdays land on amazing no. days. And speaking of amazing, I will allow him to introduce myself, my amazing co-host. Graybearded, Graybeard Tavern. And um, yeah, uh, I uh, I usually sport the old, uh, the old rainbow back there, you know, uh, just to let, let people know we care. Um, Amen to that. Yeah. Which, which I, I am, unfortunately, I am coming to you live from Barovia. And, and as such, there are no rainbows because it's Barovia. And that's, <laughs> that's not that they are homophobic or anti-bi. They're just Barovian. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you, you've got a long, and as I do, you've got a long history. You are, are more, uh, uh, ensconced in Barovian lore and whatnot than I, and um, am I? I think so, man. You've run it a lot more than me. I uh, I have maybe run it once or twice. I know I ran it once when it came out originally in late eighty something. Eighty six, I think, is the year. That sounds correct. Yeah, yeah, that would have been about right. Um, yeah, and that that's I ran it when it first came out, and then. I used parts of it in campaigns over the years, but but yeah, you. I mean, you're you're there. You're ready to do it again, and the, you know, the current run of said Ravenloft goodness. I, I literally am doing it again, actually. Mm -hmm. Um, not entirely sure why, but <laughs> I am. So, how has your week been? Let's kick off with the the week oh, in yeah, gaming yeah. for us. So, uh. Uh, no, we didn't have masks. Mm -hmm. Um, then, uh, we didn't have grognards. Uh, so then, I mean, that puts us all the way into Sunday. Uh, my Twitch stream, we did, um, we took care of the, my, the, the character that I love to hate. Um, uh, his name is Smith. But he's like a big frog person with tentacle eyes. He looks like Hammerhead from Star Wars. And that's okay. the, the race he is in Grifflands. And uh, he, he, I, at the last minute, I, I could have killed my sister because he's a bad person and, you know, removed her from the, the plot, which is two of three siblings. I've got the third sibling where we're maybe one more session if things go right and we we take on the the eldest brother um we convinced our youngest sibling that we we can make amends and 
then the middle sibling and I, I failed. I fa- I lost. She's all angry mm. with me. The the revolution mm. is all ma- angry with me. And now I have to face my my uh, oldest brother. I think it's the oldest brother. And uh, like I said, it was partially my fault. I should have been Smith, more Smith-like and less GB-like and, and taken her out. Just assassinated my sister. <laughs> but I had to try. Yeah, anyway. It, it's interesting, because it does seem to be a very common trope when you want to create tension in a horror-like setting. Mm-hmm. Harm to siblings rockets to the <laughs> front of that list of things to throw at people. Yeah. Yeah, when uh, when I played uh, with Wings was running it, uh, Danae Keener, DanaeKeener.com, um, <laughs> she was running it in uh, indoor and uh, LB. They were both, they were sub- playing siblings and they were not from Barovia. And so they were nobles and they were loud and my my character Stetchin, he would he would burst in when they were having a t- uh, discussion and say things like, "Shh, there are vampires. You must be quiet." <laughs> you know, they will hear you exactly and come exactly. after us <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, uh, so that gets you through Sunday morning and then yep. to today. Uh, uh, yeah, and then uh, you know um, you just I don't know how to vacation well. I'm on vacation. This is I'm taking a week, the week off, and uh, Saturday, Saturday, I I like cleared brush and blew leaves and raked and mowed and you know just I I worked hard. Like I was tired at the you end. You vacationed of the day. like a dwarf. Yes, exactly. And then so then <laughs> Sunday I streamed. Then I played Zweihander with the uh, with the English crew. Uh, we hadn't played in like a month because of Mother's Day's being off between England and America and stuff. So uh, so we got to back into it and we got to play again. And the uh, my uh, my character was um, he basically he he saw he saw a, a a horror that had affected him in a way. And he had been um, like a melancholy. He had become like a doomsayer type person everything was you know we're all gonna die anyway well this session is the second to last session and the doom has been lifted so finally my big happy viking can be a big happy viking again and so but but i mean it's like you know months and months of sessions where he's been this like (laughs) gloom and doom it doesn't matter we all gonna die anyway you know (laughs) So anyway, um, yeah, so that's my week in gaming, and now I'm here with you. Yeah, well, let's see. Last week, we um, uh, Wednesday night, my Candlekeep group, which is no longer a Candlekeep group, uh, continued their adventures in the Dark Realm, and uh, I, I don't want to give too many spoilers away. for. Well, actually, I kind of do because I'm so proud of them. <laughs> but I, I put the monk in a position to decide whether or not they were going to run back in and defend the village when they had previously in their backstory had said they had abandoned it. And that has been haunting them to this day that they had run away um, in the face of this massive attack from Dusk Elves. And, and it was really, really dramatic because the party split on the issue. Yeah. The bard's like, no, this is all in their heads. This isn't really happening. And, and, and they're like dragging the monk out. And then they go, they're starting into PVP with each other. Oh no! And I'm like, okay, 
okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna tamp down this a little bit. Yeah. Like it, it's not there's no dice against each other. If 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 Lenaria says her character's running back into into town, that is their decision as the player. Um, mm-hmm. And then the party split. Our barbarian went back in with the monk, and the mm-hmm. rogue who's had this on and again off again flirt with the bard stood yeah. by the bard. And I, I had the chance. To, I, I was it was freaky crazy, but I actually looked like right right in the camera and said, "Okay, Lenaris Jansen will die now. Tell mm-hmm. me how she goes down." Yeah. And they 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 fought to the death, and then that's yeah. when the dark energies took over and went, "Okay, you're not dead yet." but I haven't told you what's happening and I won't until next week. <laughs> um, and, awesome. and as luck would have it, we get to play again this week. Oh, sweet. sweet so sweet, sweet. I'll talk that up again at the back at that back. And we talk about what's coming up, but that was my Wednesday and that was like super high emotion. Mm. Uh, I did not stream Friday night because we, uh, I went over to a friend's house for a board game night. We are all nice. safely vaccinated. We got together and we played wingspan and then sun Saturday night, we had no power. So I couldn't do my usual, Wingspan. Wingspan is a board game of uh, engine building and set collection. Huh. Interesting. It's the best way I would describe it. Is Um, it like airships? No, it's birds. (laughs) Literally just birds. You're collecting birds. And they're they're all real birds. And and the cards all use things like what their nesting situation is like. Do they build large nests or small nests? Are there little quirks to that particular breed of bird or species Mm. of bird that makes it a little bit different than others? How do we work that game mechanically in? Um, It's it's a really neat little game. Um, I call it like uh, um, competitive solitaire. Ah, Because there's very little player interaction. Mm. The only interaction you have with other players is competing for the visible cards that are available in the bank. And then there's also a component of um, uh, some of my cards might be triggered by things that happen on your turn. Uh, See, so in my head, I was like, oh, this sounds like evolution, but only birds, but it's it's not. It's not not, really evolution, no. You're not trying to eat each other or, you know, ha, 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 I'm a predator. It's way more hands-off than evolution. Oh, okay. Uh, But it's still a very neat game. It's very easy to learn. As they would say on Sit Down and Shut Up, the teach is very short. (laughs) Um, Or is very easy. I think that's the phrasing they're going for. How is the teach? The teach is easy. Um, so yeah, that was Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night. We had no power. Um, we actually mm. packed up my wife's computer cause she had to work. She had to work, work and took mm. over to my parents' house. And I, I kept joking that I should have brought mine and I could have just done like a, a just chatting stream. And yeah. if I'd been smart, I would have, cause I would drag my mother onto it and said, you're just going to have some, some, some alcohol and talk. Right. And that would have, that probably would have made me partner that day. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's just all there would have been uh to that but um and then sunday night we continued with curse of strahd and they're continuing to make their way around the town of alaki mm. and and my 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 barovian vistani accent mm. it's not there not there yet mm. but i'm getting better and better all right i think i think <laughs> I have a couple of sound replacements. That's as good as it gets. Yeah, well, so. you know, and then you you vary it up with pitch and tone for people and, you know. Yeah. Oh, hey, hey, Toe. Welcome aboard. Glad to have you in Woo. our chat. How do we feel about monster character players? Um, pin it. 
Okay. <laughs> we are right. definitely going to come back to that question uh, after we get through our review. Because uh, I feel like that's a good conversation to have. And we'll see how yep. the review goes. If we don't get to it this week, we will absolutely talk about it next week. Because I think next week is our mailbag week. Mm -hmm. um, this is episode 21. This is the episode we become legal. Um, and that's a good one to talk about. Because I have strong opinions on that. Um, not least of all happened recently on Twitter. Um, so, But that was my week in gaming. And we agreed. To, this week we wanted to go after the question... Should you pick up Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft? And that's that's really what we're here to talk about today. Um, my experience with the Ravenloft campaign saying, as as we talked about earlier, I started running the, the module as a second edition D&D module back in 87. I think it was the first time I sat down and ran it. 87 or 88. Um, yeah, around there. Um, and I keep running it off and on with different groups. And I kind of feel like any group of gamers I'm with, I need to run through Ravenloft at least once. Right, right, right. Like that's just part of the rite of passage. And you said you just recently completed a campaign of it. Yeah, I was a guest star. Uh, and um, But they have, you know, indoor indoors production and stuff is, is top notch. And mm -hmm. they run, always run a good game over there. So it'd be worth watching. I, I show up in four episodes and you know there's there's dynamic changes and and twists and turns you know uh much akin to the way the way you write um you know for for starters uh they made um strad female in their campaign and uh it was uh it was it was really really it, it was a lot of fun i played i played a knowledge cleric um he was a student of von richten um because uh, i think it was late second early third they put out a von richten's guide um back then and so i was all oh, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be his student that'll be amazing because um basically i based the character on uh heath ledger from grim brothers grim uh heath Le ledger's character from brothers grim and um Van Helsing from the uh, Bram Stoker's movie version of Dracula. So little oh, okay. a little loony, a little reserved, a little quiet, um, you know, believes in magic and everything else. And being a knowledge cleric was all kinds of fun. Oh, and I had the haunted background. So he was constantly like, no, shut up. I know, you know, talking to, <laughs> to, to no one and stuff. And um, they were the people of his village who died um, and he Got couldn't it. save them. So then his was a revenge quest. And blah, he blah, has blah. since been haunted. Yes. Well, I, actually, you shared the, 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 the picture with me. I hope you don't mind. I threw it up here on the stream. Oh, awesome, um, awesome. this is this is Strickton and Arabelle, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Yep uh yeah that's uh that's artwork i had commissioned um yeah at one point indoor played arabelle um for a, for a while in a couple sessions and that was really interesting because she was you know in in this take of it she was actually like a powerful magic user so or a, was she a magic user or a cleric anyway she had like augury and and that kind of stuff and she could she could do things with her cards um and cast spells with them and stuff and and indoor is a huge magic uh the gathering fan so he was 
all about using cards to to cast spells and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I might that, have uh, to work that in. Another thing, because the Arabelle I currently have in the game I'm running is just I just made a divine sorcerer mm -hmm. and went okay here. And unfortunately, because they don't have any magic weapons yet, yeah, she's kind of sticking out as a bit of a powerhouse. <laughs> like they're sixth level, she's only fourth. Right, right. But she hits like a freight train still. Um, right. Especially compared to them, is where they're like, ooh, polka da, polka da, polka da, non magic weapon, non magic weapon. And she's like, oh, here's 3d8 fireball. Wow. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, I got. I have to watch it because I, I, I'm running the risk of falling into the uh, the NPCs are cooler than the PCs. And that, yeah. that's a road you really got to avoid as a DM. So, yeah. all right, so let's talk. Von Richten. All right. Uh, first impressions. What, what did you think? Is you, what was your first thought? Just start um, skimming through it before we get into the nitty gritty. So absolutely gorgeous. <gasps> you know, that's the... That's right. They put Ez on the cover. And then and the, 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 the funny part was is uh, I took a picture in Discord, sent it out or whatever. And then <laughs> for whatever reason, I hadn't looked. But the back is also like amazing artwork. That's gorgeous. Yeah, it's 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 absolutely amazing. Um, and again, I usually get what ends up happening is I always get one that's like this, and I should put it in a mylar bag and seal it away because you know I'm like that. And then I usually end up getting. Getting a second one for the table that can get dog-eared and bitten and gnawed and you know orange soda spilled on it and and all that. So, but uh, but yeah, I'm uh, we haven't had we haven't had a home game and a real sit at the table with people in since the plague began. So, whew, we'll see. We'll you have, see. you have some time before you need to worry about that mylar coating. Yeah, yeah, so far so good. It'll be a while. Um, though it uh it gets to go in with the books that I actually can look at because all the modules I have that I want to play or have, you know, was going to be a player in that I've never cracked. So I've got like an entire shelf of of D&D content that 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 you know, the spines are still absolute and they're uh, never Maybe been that, opened. That's the one perk I suppose to being the the perpetual DM is that mm. I I never I never think well I better not read this in case someone runs it. Yeah. There's like zero chance of that. Yeah. And if there is, it's so rare I can go. I don't think I've read that in a while. Yeah, go for go for it. <laughs> go for go for it. Um, <laughs> I will say one of my first impressions was D and D Beyond needs to work on their app. Mm. That was like one of my first as I was trying to do some re work on it this weekend to prepare for today. And mm. the D&D Beyond app is terrible for reading your source books. Mm. <laughs> that's just, that's still there. It's just bad. Um, the, now, are you saying the, the like on computer or like on phone? I was on my phone. Yeah. And it, yeah. it just stupid little things like return to table of contents or return, turn page doesn't yes. exist. You can't just go to the next section. You have to go back to the table of contents. And then find where you are. And it was a real pain in the butt because as mentioned, power outages. Um, so I think, well, I'll, oh, I'll, yeah. I got my phone. I'll yeah, just man. do some some prep work for Tuesday and get ready for this review. Um, but after that, there's just a lot of stuff in here. 
mm-hmm. and it, it was really neat to start to get into and and play around with and see what they provided. Um, do you want to go about chapter and kind of talk about what we get and what we like and don't like? Um, or do you have another idea? A, a real no, that's that's great. Um, the big thing for me was I think that. Yeah, that's kind of an end. That's kind of an end cap. Okay, let's go chapter by chapter. Oh, no, don't hold us in suspense. Put it out there. Uh, well, it's it's one of those things where I really, I, I think they were, I think it's more of a DM book mm-hmm. than than a player book. It really, but but I think it was time for that because Tasha's was so you know twenty two subclasses and was such a player's book that that this is definitely definitely leaning if i was a player i wouldn't buy the book i would dnd beyond the bits i want out of it that's that's i think that's where we're i think we're gonna end up in a very similar place when we're done talking um chapter one gives us character creations mm-hmm. and it's it's pretty chock full mm-hmm. of just ways to build a character that are unique to the domains of dread yeah. um the whole category on the haunted hero and and just like really i think some neat setup here for players to come into the game like okay you want to make a character in a ravenloft setting well let's talk about what that means right right down to this laundry list of hey your, your dms are a horror here's some do's and do nots right um i think too that it it really horror is probably the hardest thing to 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 get buy into with with normal players i mean unless you've got people who are who are really role playy and really uh really into the the scene all it takes is one clown on the t- at the table and horror becomes really hard to pull off mm-hmm. so you know i mean the horror systems that are out there i mean you know they they went to a jenga to- tower for the game dread <laughs> to add some some tension to it because it's really easy to detach as a player and just be like nah i'm not scared no i don't i don't care you know i refuse to believe the law rocket bounces off of cthulhu you know that kind of thing so um (laughs) so yes it takes buy-in and i think they did a pretty good job of saying hey this is you know here's session zero if things are going to be spooky this is the way it's going to be prepared to be scared yeah prepare to be scared it's it's in the in the first chapter there um it's like a heading yeah that sounds um, yeah oh yeah prepare to be scared um i really like too this um habits of horror heroes and th- and although i take exception they make the note here limit comedy no. and and i think if you have the right group comedy becomes essential to horror Okay. In certain groups. I mean, like Ghostbusters is mm-hmm. a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things in it that should terrify you. Mm. Some, But it's also a comedy. 
Right. And right. I think that's a very specific genre. So I get, I take a little exception to that. Plus my, my Curse of Stride game is basically Ghostbusters meets Ravenloft. That's what you said. So like, I kind of have to, I have to lean on it. But I think there's a lot of good stuff in here about, especially the idea of this enjoy the struggle. You're going to fail once yeah. a lot. And that's a good thing because it makes the story more interesting. And that's such a hard thing. We are so conditioned with gaming that it's all about winning. It's about figuring out how to pull off the role to do the awesome thing when so much of the story is driven by the failures along the way. Right. Um, and that's a, it's a very challenging thing to get across to players unless you mechanically incentivize it. Yeah. Um, and then we've got this, this lineage system, which then leads into um, these alternate races and lineages, yeah. which is a really new mechanic. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Okay unless I'm mistaken, this is the idea of you were one race and now something has happened to change you via your lineage into a, into this hybrid race. Right. Well, and it, it's so very Ravenloft too, because it's the, who was more of a monster, the monster or the man, you know, <laughs> it's just of the genre. Um, it, it just it just lends itself to that whole, you know, Frankenstein, Sh Shelley, uh, you know, writing style of, of mm -hmm. you know, wh what is the, what is the scarier creature? Yeah, and well, they actually bring it, they bring uh, Frankenstein right in here with uh, the reborn uh, yeah. lineage of, you know, you are. You're a creation of something else. You've you've died, or your repossession, or your the monster itself brought to life as a conglomerate of parts. Mm. Um, they really lean heavily on that as a possible thing to play with, which I thought was kind of neat. But I also found like the mechanics a little bit like less than. There's not a lot of mechanics here. It's a lot of like interesting ideas. Well, and I, I think kind of, I think you said it about Tasha's at some point, you said something along the lines of, you know, Hey, if you, if you're letting a player, sorry, if you're letting a player dig into Tasha's just pretty much expect it to be kind of broken. <laughs> and, and, and I think they, they reined that back in here, or at least what i've seen because it's like um you know like like the vampires oh you don't have to breathe I, you know it there's like you said there's just there's not a lot of like oh new stuff like okay since your damn fear you have blood points and you can spend them to heal yourself and blah, 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 you know there's not, not a lot of not a lot of crunch a lot more fluff <laughs> mm-hmm yeah and that's and in some ways i'm kind of like glad for it because it's it's inspirational mm -hmm. but it's not really mechanical right so it feels like a lot of that one of the things i would worry about bringing into it at the table is especially with newer players is going through and going well i saw this on my character sheet what's it mean well it means this cool thing how do i use that you just tell me you're doing a cool thing <laughs> and and it's cool 
Right. Um, and then chapter two is about is I believe it's chapter two is dark gifts, mm. which is more of that flavor stuff. Right. The idea of having a living shadow and they've got some mechanical things in it, but again, yeah, it's really f very flavory and less crunchy. Right. Right. Jump in there. Jump in there now. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. See, I'm so... I'm dyslexic, so a lot of times images are, like, the thing for me. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you see the picture of the, the tiefling <laughs> yeah. with the mirror, and you're like, oh. Well, and what I took from this was... was, hey, everyone who's ever played a warlock, um, <laughs> you should maybe point your DM at this in the hopes that they, you know, kind of make your, make your patron more dark. Uh, yeah. <laughs> dark. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and there's some really neat ideas to play with. I do think it's interesting how much D&D &D still seems to rely on random tables. Mm-hmm. Um, I do, like, I don't know if I would ever roll randomly to see what gets assigned unless i was really stumped um what <laughs> when um xanathar's guide to everything came out mm -hmm. um what we did at, at our table was because uh, we had had characters that had already been being played for quite some time uh we took them and we said okay everybody let's roll on these tables and and then we kibitzed and talked and 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 went back and forth about it because it was just something to for all of them to roll and go oh hey yeah why doesn't my fighter have some heraldry or who was his mentor yes it's those those questions that you should you know ask about yourself and 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 the ones in xanathar's were very um were very thought provoking yeah and those are neat i think um but this is different because these are like your your soul's echoed by a thing what is mm -hmm. it and then you roll and it's like oh you were spiritually merged with another being which is really different than time fractures around me and i sometimes collide with past and future like those are so different flavor wise right that i i wouldn't as a dm i wouldn't leave that up to chance i'd either go I can work with this as like the overarching writer or yeah. hey which one do you think you should have yes. as my co-writer um I can see some tables it's like oh I don't know just roll for me but I don't know There's yeah some... no this this is definitely a, these are big enough to to they are big enough story elements even if their mechanics aren't anything like you know um what was the one one of them gives you mage hand yes and and the shadow you know grasping shadow or whatever it is uh and i think that that's i you know these are more about story these are cool things like i back in second edition i created a bard who was like a goth poet and his big thing was unseen servant and he would do shows and then like a skull would float across the room to him. And, you know, the unseen servant would wear a cloak and come shambling out and, and that kind of stuff where he used, used his magic in his shows that way. 
Um, and I think that a lot of this is that sort of thing to where people can describe these cool images, you know, the yeah. straight from Bram Stoker, Stoker, Stoker's where he's, you know, oh, you know, uh, the vampire walks this way, but his shadow crosses the room the other yes. way, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And I'm, I will say, I'm excited to, having seen these, I'm excited to use this as a reference to go back to because I think I could find myself doing this, especially with, um, my my the one character who's been haunted mm. and the idea of maybe their demons are gone but now their shadows doing funky stuff to make you wonder <laughs> are the demons really defeated and hey could you just welcome aboard jesse is on tomorrow night she will be playing with us tomorrow night for sure mm -hmm. uh but tuesdays tuesdays it's me and gray doing happy hour uh just having a drink and talking D and this week we're talking about what we like and don't like about uh Von Richten's Guide to Raveloft and uh, Third Tier. Glad to see you popping in there, Mr. Lurker. Um, so yeah, these are this is some neat stuff. The next chapter gets us into um, subclasses. Now, now we get to some crunch. Ah, uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, by the way, uh, I'm working my way through a, I believe this is a the Sam Adams Citrus Summer brew, <clears throat> and you are my sir imbibing it's it's actually pomegranate um, green tea with watermelon liqueur and and it's just got a very spring summer we've got all the windows open it it's it's heading in the realm of mint julep as it were you know it's, it's oh kind my of word thing. yeah it's the kind of thing you can sit upon the veranda and sip for a while you northerners have the weirdest ways to avoid just drinking a good mint julep <laughs> Exactly. Uh, <laughs> exactly. My stars. My stars. Um, we actually, I think my bard on Wednesdays is, um, did take College of Spirits. Mm, mm. I think. Um, because of the all the ominous sides of it and, and, and right. that bard in particular is really rough. Dark liqueur, I'll drink it. Not, not very often though. I'm not usually into the, the liqueurs. But there's some neat stuff here. I, although again, this is what's weird. The the random table again. Mm, so for like the bar, the the College of Spirits bard has the Tales from Beyond uh, college feature where you you think of a story, you roll on the table to see which story you get, and then based on it, you can then apply that later. So it's like a random. Yeah. randomly generated one-shot spell with your bardic inspiration die which is kind of cool um yeah i'm i'm re i'm re-looking at the crunch parts mm. i think that yeah okay here's the thing it would be too powerful if you let people choose because <laughs> then, then they're good at finding that they're going oh this is the one i need for this well but then what mm -hmm. about like, I mean, not to second guess too much. I'm sure this is play tested extensively. Mm -hmm. But um, give us a, a, a DC to get the spell, to get the story you want. Right. You know, something right. like that to kind of help uh, flesh it out a little bit. Um, I think it's kind of cool, though, because I can also see, I keep scrolling past this. I should leave it up here for a bit. I can also see someone like thinking of the story and kind of keeping in the back of their mind as. How do is this the time to use it? Is this the time to use it? Is this the time to use it? Mm -hmm. 
crunchy wise. And then of course we have our warlock with an undead patron. So, you know, having Strahd himself as your warlock patron. Oh yeah. 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 And the spell, the crunch of this was, was pretty good. I, I thought very, very theme, uh, very theme oriented this the spell list mm -hmm. um the big thing is is that whenever you have theme spells a lot of times by the time that they're like cool they're you're too high a level for it to be like oh cool you to be to i don't know i always feel like the spell list because of the spell levels and you're going to be probably two to four levels actually higher in the game than the spell, you know, level. Like, for instance, Phantom Steed would be amazing at, like, you know, when you're third level. But because you won't get that it's until like you're sixth, sixth level, level. you know, it, it, it just kind of loses its punch. Um, speak with dead again if you got speak with dead at third level that would be like a thing you know that would be cool but again you're not going to get it till six so i guess i don't know i i've always felt that way with spell lists um yeah i did that's that's been a thing forever that that spells <laughs> that spell level and character level are are not conjoined um <laughs> yeah and, and and that's a thing that the dungeons and dragons has has wrestled with for generations of writings mm -hmm. that i'm very surprised fifth edition didn't roll out a different uh spell power labeling system so that you are a sixth level wizard which means you now have access to third circle spells or or something because I've, I've all that's usually how i describe it to people i'm sixth level can't i cast anything off the the, the sixth level list i was like no mm. no but but i'm sixth level yes but they've never <laughs> i mean and i usually that's why i usually talk about it as circles yeah. because it's just easier to explain to people these are totally different mechanics um and even something like in this i mean you get your I feel like it would be kind of cool to see one or two of these shifted up a level because mm -hmm. of the patron, which right. might mean going back and rewriting or balancing some of the previous mm -hmm. just to create some, some chances for things to be a little like, like speak with dead. You're you, you sold your soul to an undead right. patron, a, an undead greater fiend. Uh, you should get a little more bang for the buck other than, free access to something right which yeah. granted it's a, i think it's generally a cleric's well it's necromancy so i think it's already in the wizard's book list speak with dead yeah but i think for some reason in my brain it's telling me that it's a fourth level spell but you know after five editions it gets a little muddled up there um yeah Real quick, something I wanted to say about the the bards. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things, whenever I play a bard, mm -hmm. I I always create a spell, uh, not a spell, a song or story list, like his, um, oh my god, it's got all... His repertoire? His repertoire, thank you. That's why I'm um, here. Yeah. <laughs> throw out the French. Um, 
yeah the uh his uh song list his repertoire his uh his standing work and so i always like to even though i cannot sing i love to play bards and um and so a lot of times i will you know i'll say oh he goes into his rendition of you know a knight's tale or or whatever and i try to keep a running song list um and i think that that is something that they could do particularly in that uh, the bard of of souls there with those stories that once something's on the list like once you've rolled it maybe it's easier to recall that tale again if you hmm. wanted to use it um it was just a crunchy bit that we, as we passed by, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Say something about well, that. Yeah, and again, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I have to wonder. I, I know they say a lot with the with the, the, the splat books mm -hmm. that you you shouldn't take, you should not assume they're heavily play tested. Right. And I have to wonder if this is the kind of thing that at the table, how much things like that would break. Where it's right. like, no, 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 there's a, a DC, call it 15 where if you get it you get to pick the story you come up with off the list if you yeah. don't then you just get a random story you recall it what it's like because it and you know how that goes you're like trying mm -hmm. to remember that one time in high school that you mm -hmm. gave that girl in front of you the short story that she needed for a creative writing class because you know you really want to tell that story but you get stuck on the fact that there was that other girl that time when you were in the musical that you were paired to dance with and she couldn't stand you. So she had to look like she was into you when she wasn't. And you can't get that story out of your head. And you're trying to remember the first one. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, like that kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> was that too much of a stroll down Amnesia Lane? It was beautiful. It was, it was oh, absolutely a little, a little, a little, uh, French window opening into the uh, into the past <laughs> into, into into eleventh grade lantern noir <laughs> exactly exactly it yeah um the next chapter is on the is more crunchy for characters which is the backgrounds mm -hmm. uh, so there's some new backgrounds to play around with um some new elements to, that that you can add into a previously written background so these are the background features which is I think oh, neat yeah. to include like some more hey, this is kind of a neat idea to work with, play around with it. Um, some really neat stuff to think on. Uh, and again, help you is kind of like, think about all, hey, Reflector, glad to have you here. Um, all the different things you can you can work in. To, he, he knows all the high school stories. Mm. He was there for him. Got um, it, got it. As, as many, You've summoned him. I've summoned him. <laughs> uh but just a lot of really kind of neat um, inspiration is the way I look at this. So just things to kind of go into and say, can, are, what are some fun things I can play with? Yeah, I mean, some of these have shown up in other books. Mm -hmm. two, two, two. Oh, yeah, I didn't give these much. Well, I think haunt, Haunted book. One is from other books too. I think they just fleshed it out mm -hmm. a bit more. Yep. Yeah, I love I loved the Haunted One. I have played... Uh, probably four at least three possibly four characters with the haunted one background so mm -hmm. it's it's just such good role play opportunity it is and there's some some neat stuff in here like this uh first your first case as an investigator it's kind of a neat like you know hey what when did you get into this gig yeah oh that's awesome 
Yeah, the the artwork. I forgot about that 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 picture. That picture looks like my buddy PB. PB, if you ever see this or listening, look, you're in the book. Is that the investigator um, considers the evidence? Yeah, <laughs> looking at the little lantern. Mm-hmm. So. There's yeah, there's some really neat. Even just online, they brought a lot of the good artwork through. Um, I've also liked the uh, the official inquiry feature as something that I'd like. I'm surprised it took them this long to bring it out because I haven't seen it before, which is the idea of you just have a knack for saying, no, I'm supposed to be doing this. <laughs> it's all through proper channels and people tend to go, okay, <laughs> that's a thing. This is one of my, my absolute favorite things for a character. Um, back in the golden days or the beginnings, the, yeah, the golden age of online uh, gaming which was were called MUDs, multi-user dungeons. Ah, uh, um, yes. Yeah, they were all text-based, but mm-hmm. you could play with people online from all across it the world. It was nuts. <gasps> and it was all text-based, and I played Sam, a simple man in simple clothes. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and everyone just saw that description and always assumed I was whatever they were, right? And so... So Sam used to get into, you know, the wizards would come along and be like, oh, we're having a meeting. Come on. And so I'd follow them and then I'd be in the wizards meeting or the time I followed along and got into the rogues guild. And I'm, <laughs> I'm standing in the rogues treasure room like, ah, snatch, snatch, snatch. And I'm grabbing stuff. And all of a sudden this big warrior time lord or something, I can't remember his name, comes in. He's like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, what are you doing here, fighter type? You know? <laughs> warrior time lord kind of thing and he's like my other character is the leader of the rogues guild <laughs> and i'm like great whoosh gotta go <laughs> i got a thing <laughs> i got a thing got a wizards gotta i'm out you know yeah so yeah so i love the kind of thing where you know the the incognito i of course i'm supposed to be here you know that's it's just such a beautiful thing I take it whenever it is the mechanic in a game is, or I try to, um, in cipher system, I, my character had that where he just, he would dress like a janitor or whatever and walk into every place. Yeah. You know, (laughs) nobody ever questions the help. Nope. That's the the key to every good, every good heist movie. Yeah. Somebody, somebody dresses up as the help. Um, so that that was all chapter one, Mm -hmm. chapter two, which I think I think we're going to go through a lot faster, especially for the number okay. of non uh, DMs that that it might be interested to know what's going on. But as a DM, there's like a really nice set of like flow charts to follow, mm-hmm. checklists to create a domain of dread, and a lot of really good ideas that you want to be able to come. I think you want to be able to come back to to use as writing inspiration yeah so they do a really neat job of like talking about the idea of there being a a single entity that's created the domain of dread and that's what that's going to be the linchpin that pulls it together now let's talk about how that creates a horrific setting um for instance uh i ran a I ran a three different game crossover section for a Halloween one time 
where it was it was actually a D and D game, a basically like a a fate game, and I think it was another D and D game, and it was three different games, and they had crossover elements, and so I created a a realm of dread and a dread lord who was I should have grabbed the mask. Basically, I got this really amazing pumpkin head mask. And so this Dreadlord was like this pumpkin guy who, you know, is he's all about your nightmares and your fears and, and things like that. Um, and yeah, it was, a, it was a nice linchpin to even play across systems because you still had those same elements, those same horror elements. And, and that character, the Dark Lord, who, who created the realm, his um uh paradigm you know that's that it, it's created um freddy from or nightmare on elm street you know uh the you know those guys they 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 are so evil that an entire realm has formed around them you know the nightmare lands or stuff like that um i think that's really where the book shines mm-hmm uh, is it really does give you give a GM uh, enough rope to like not hang himself, but to 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 expand and expound in in a way that is uh, uh it's really it's really well written. I think. Yeah, this is like I mean I I, I sometimes I I think one of my running questions has been. Is it worth putting the money down for the book versus just reading a good blog article? Mm-hmm. And 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 this is this I think is where the chap this is the chapter that really makes the investment in having the reference material mm-hmm. on hand twenty four seven really valuable as a writer. Because yeah. one of the things I go back to and this this thing under past life for creating your Dark Lord, um, this whole subset of Dungeons and Dragons owes some of its existence to Tracy Hickman's writings and, and Laura Hickman's writings, his, his spouse and partner, um, because they were confronted with a vampire and they were forced to go, oh, crap, mm. what, what, why is this vampire in this dungeon? This makes no sense. Take it easy, Reflector. Glad you could drop by. Um, and they, they, they sat down and wrote a module where they, they didn't just say, here's the vampire at the end of the module. They gave that vampire... A really, really rich a backstory that went on to be a campaign setting that went on to appear in every edition since that went on to become they they did the novelization of his journal, yeah, where they they told the entire story of Strahd in in prose. Um, and I've often like flirted with the idea of telling my players, "Well, here you go, guys. You got to read the book. You you, <laughs> you you found Strahd's journal. Here it is, all two hundred pages of it. Good luck." <laughs> Exactly. Uh, let me know how many long rests you intend to take with it, because you're going to have to check the book out for me. Right. Uh, because it's so well-written and so rich. But what's neat here is they really start to get you going. Like, if you want to pull this off for yourself, mm-hmm. you can do it. But this is the kind of work that goes into creating these really good, believable villains that people love to hate. Right. Or hate to love, and and that's what creates that that conflict. I mean, your your zombie your zombie lord from your other campaign, where they were like, "Ooh, do we? No, uh, can they? Is there a redemption arc available?" You know, mm-hmm. 
that that moment where you go, but the zombie lord makes a compelling point. Right. Exactly. It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to have those moments. I'm a good guy. <laughs> um, but there's so much here that it's like there's not a lot of like crunch to debate mm. because it's about, for lack of better phrasing, steps, checklists. Yeah. Have you thought about these things? Have you fleshed this out? Have you considered this? Um, and part of that horror setting is, is that a villain that you, you hate to love a little bit. Yeah. Well, and if they weren't dark and brooding and, uh, you know, sad boys, they, they, they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be Lords of Dread. I mean, there is, there is, there is, you know, uh, there is such a huge difference between, you know, uh, Halloween, the movie, Michael Myers, yank, yank, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, big butcher knife, yank, yank, mm -hmm. yank, yank, versus, you know, something where it's, I stab at thee with the divine blade, you know, it is anointed with my own blood. Uh, it, it, there's such big story difference there and it's it's so much better to you know have the dracula love story and and they're doing this for love or they're doing this for truth or they're doing this for science or you know they're doing this for hatred not just oh i'm evil <laughs> i yep i'm i'm trying to kill you to kill you no i'm I'm four souls away, collecting four more souls, and I can unlock the gate that allows Great Cthulhu to, you know, <laughs> to purge the world of your stupidity. Oh, um, remember again, Ghostbusters, they were calling <laughs> forth Gozer to yes. demolish the world. I mean, it's a, it's a shtick. Yep. And it, it works for a reason. Mm -hmm. um, the next chapter is on the genres of horror, which we're going to kind of zip past. Because mm -hmm. it's again, it's in that category of just lots of great questions mm. and yeah, lots yeah, of yeah. interesting points to bring up for like to inspire your writing. Yeah. Um, go ahead. And, and to uh, to kind of point where you want to go. Do you want to do Sleepy Hollow with you know uh, Johnny Depp, or do you want and Christopher Walken, or do you want to do Brothers Grimm? Or do you want to do uh, De Pacte de Lupus, Brotherhood of the Wolf, you know, where there's like Kung Fu and crazy inventions and, and, and stuff, but yet, oh my God, I got goosebumps, dark horror. You're like, oh, what is going on? The twists and turns, you know, it, yeah, it, it's really good. Like you said, writing fodder, Me mental exercises to go. Where do we want to go, and how do how's this next chapter going to reflect? I think one of the things I would take away from from this this particular chapter is if you are in any way, shape, or form involved in creative writing, mm. you want you want to be a writer and you want to write within the horror genre. Mm. This feels like it's a chapter written for you because it it's not locked into running a D and D game. Right. It's 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 a collection of ideas to about creating horror, creating suspense, creating anxiety, creating tension. And that tension doesn't have to be at a game table. It can be before the reader turns to the next page. 
Um, and not all horror has to be gross out horror. It can, I mean, I'll be honest, the movie that has wigged me out more than any movie I have ever seen is Gone Girl. And that's the that one, one where it's this psychological thriller where she like does this crazy stuff involving a potential murder but not and there's a lot of identity changing and mm. there's a lot of like okay but now i'm that and it's just at the end I'm like i am i am profoundly uncomfortable with my existence now oh um, girl writing it down yeah brilliant film i can't say a ton about why it was so horrifying without spoiling it right right oh uh, yep. but and it's, it's based off of a book which again big popular thriller but it's a psychological thriller right so a lot of really neat stuff in here about writing hooks to help pull you along yeah you gotta you gotta give your uh you gotta give your sad boy somewhere to uh to to uh, some reason and and place to be who he is Um, the next chapter is on the domains of Ravenloft, which starts us down, um, getting into some of the, the traditions of the Ravenloft setting yeah, and how to use these in other domains of dread. Uh, the idea that these domains exist on their own planes, they're surrounded by the mists, uh, which is, uh, I used when I started writing the mists of ever twilight, mm -hmm. I was thinking in terms of, well, this is, this is Ravenloft, but not. So I was already kind of going in this direction of creating my own mini mm -hmm. domains of dread, each one with its own little moral challenge. Um, and so they kind of start to go through some of these ideas to use yeah. um, that are kind of have become over the years part of the stock in trade of the Ravenloft settings. Yeah. The um, So... It, original Ravenloft was just a place to add to your campaign and then eventually Barovia uh, sort of sort of popped up and became a thing and then they were like well how can we do this because you know it's the tech and the time and everything's a little a little you know most Dungeons and Dragons is that uh, at the time uh, when Ravenloft came out, most Dungeons and Dragons was medieval, feudal, mm -hmm. very much, and they wanted to do gothic horror, and so it made sense to kind of make Barovia its own pocket dimension, and then the expansion late in second uh, to like bam, bam, bam. Now there's a, you know different uh, dread, dread. I'm gonna call them dreadlands. Um, <laughs> you domains know, of dread. Uh, domains of dread. Thank you. Um, yeah, they when they when they added all that, it it became muddled at the time, and it was in the splat book glut. So I think that coming back to it uh, now, they're doing a much better job of you know here it is, do what you want with it. This is what has. This is our envisionment, and you run with it. <laughs> yeah. And they get a little bit, too, into the the nitty-gritty of, okay, if you're going to have all these different planes, how do you make them work? 
Mm. Um, like for example, they have this throw this com this commentary in here on currency, which is a, a healthy reminder that coins in the medieval period, as well as our fantasy settings, are based on the metal they're made out of and their weight. So a, a gold piece isn't just worth a gold piece because it's been stamped by a particular duke. It's worth a gold piece because it weighs the same in gold as every other gold piece. And it doesn't matter what you do with the gold piece. It It's a gold piece as long as it's a piece of gold of the appropriate weight. Yes. I, I'm big smiling because uh, indoor... <laughs> indoor there's two things indoor doesn't like one that 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 the calendar in D is a 10 day you know in in Ferun is a 10 day and that in he he eliminated uh electrum from from his his game and then <laughs> the curse of strahd brought electrum back and so so he was like, no, I hate you, Electrum. And so if you ever want to get his goat, you you could you could just bring up 10 days and Electrum pieces. I, and I don't think I've ever really used Electrum. I usually just multiply the price by 10 and, and list it in gold pieces. Yeah, all, all the old modules yeah. had Electrum pieces in them. So, you know, we They're just... They're back. Mm, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. Um, but there's some neat stuff in here. Oh, hey, look. Time and dates. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, just to there. be clear, each moon begins with the first day of a full moon, full cycle. Um, yeah, it looks like they're working off of the, they don't do weeks as much as they do months. Nah. It's a suggestion. Although the Domains of Dread don't share a unified calendar. <laughs> that makes sense. Well, and yep. again, too, a lot of what we forget with our week is born of the Judeo-Christian standard mm -hmm. of of seven days and then there is a day of rest and yep. that's that's a, an old testament thing so it's gone into both judaism and christianity as an expectation or it also i think predates abraham so that's why you also see it in the muslim faith the idea of every seven days we have a thing we do right yeah yeah which works out almost to a lunar cycle right i mean close right, right. enough for government work right <laughs> um as long as you don't look too close to it um so some neat stuff there and then again some some neat ideas to again keep fleshing out what you do uh as you start to write this and lay out your plan for the story i feel like if your plan is to um to run something that is really sandboxy where you're going to throw the players in and say okay go forth in my domain and do what you might i think you're going to find yourself with a lot to do here because of the nature of the campaign is set of the book is set where it's like here's just a lot of stuff to do to get ready to start to run your game whereas i think if you're a little more of a a roller coaster gamer a little more of a here's kind of the story i want you guys to work your way through it'd be a lot easier to think, okay, these are the bullet points they got to hit every week. These are the major story elements I want to include. This is how I'm going to scare the crap out of them. There's so much in here to work with that you yeah. can just keep building on it. Um, the next chapter, and I think we probably should just kind of glance off of it because right. there's so much to it. It's just a, a cornucopia of preset settings. 
so yeah, yeah, if okay. Ravenloft as such is not your jam, there's just a whole slew of inspirations to draw from that again it takes up most of the screen real estate in the digital edition of the book mm-hmm. um, where it's just like look here's a whole bunch of domains and what's going on in them and some plot hooks um i was just reading uh, yesterday about the the carnival a a moving <laughs> domain of dread yeah that um, can show up anywhere was this where darkon showed up or is that probably there's uh at some point there's something and and, yeah, and it, it's yeah so um darkon became a uh, a larp mm. like a really really massive larp where they have battles and geography and you know they you know you take land and there's kingdoms and the the whole thing it, it it's it was really quite big there's even a documentary out there hmm. that if if you want to see LARPing in not a good light, look look up Darkon. Ouch. Yeah, if you're if you're if you are gamers and LARPers, it, it's fun. It's a good time. You definitely, you know, check it out. Um, but if ever you want to scare someone away from ever LARPing again, yeah, show them the Darkon uh, documentary. That's yeah, it's really all I had to say about specific uh, specific. Okay. Um, again, I think there's just there's a lot to to build on that too. There's just there's so much, and there's a whole section here called the other domains of dread that just take you down another laundry list of basically inspirations. Yeah. Have you thought about the the Sea of Sorrows, <laughs> Island Domains, Nautical Horror? Yeah. And you just get some some hooks to kind of play with. Um, and from there we get some background on Keepers of the Feather, which I don't know where they're introduced. I know they have a big part of the Curse of Strahd. They show up there as as a major theory, a major group, as well. And the Vistani have been part of Curse of Strahd since the good old days. Um, that's I think there's really no way to get around the the idea of 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 bohemian travelers or what we used to call gypsies yep. being just a part of this eastern european motif uh, just as a an fyi for those that are that are with us still um you do want to be careful with this because um the roma throughout europe have had a real rough go of things they um a lot of assumptions are made they're often very persecuted just for not being a group that has firm roots in a, in a community by having a house there. Um, they were they were on the top five list for the Nazis. So be very mindful if you bring them into your games that you want to be respectful of the culture, which is a very real, very alive culture today. Um, and just be mindful of it when you bring them into a game that you're you're being respectful. Uh, if you want to talk about gypsies as such, uh, a better term you might consider using is a bohemian travelers. It, it gets you the same ideas, but it yeah. it, it, it removes the words. Yep. It makes it a little more palatable, uh, as it were. Um, this is a, a, a thing there, but there's some background on them. And they've also, over the years, they've removed the assumption that Vistani are automatically mistrusted. Ah. Which is probably for the better. 
I, you know, it's one of those things where it, it, my cultural brain is that's different. That's cool. Let's let's see more about that. You know, so. Uh-huh. But, uh huh. Yeah, I I always had a hard time thinking of it in a negative light. I guess. So. Yeah. Well, and it gets into the idea of I think when you when you automatically label a group as untrustworthy, you mm-hmm. start to bump into some headaches. There may be many bands of these Vistani that are untrustworthy, but that's their choice to be untrustworthy. Right. It's not. It's a trait of the individuals or the community of that yep. small sub community. But the overarching people who travel and have a bohemian lifestyle are not inherently trustworthy because of those two choices. <laughs> uh, they, those awesome choices. Yeah, there there the may be I other choices <laughs> that make them untrustworthy. <laughs> but, um, and then we have our, 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 some a really nice set of stat blocks for mm. all of your favorite NPCs that have come up over the years in various contexts nice and some actually no no stat blocks just background ah they don't give us stat blocks i was wrong <laughs> um but some ideas with them so some really neat stuff in that section and the last chapter is a um an adventure actually there's two mm. chapters the preparing for horror and i guess i don't want to rush this part too much but we are we're, we're, I'm watching the clock too to make sure we hit our posts. Yeah. Um, chapter four has again, I think, a must-read section on running horror at a game table, uh, complete with things like a horror content survey. Ooh. And that's the kind of thing Ooh. where uh, talking to your players about, you know, what's cool, what's not cool, inviting right. them to tell you, I. I'm really creeped out by this thing and it's okay to include it versus I'm really creeped out by this thing. It's not okay to include it. Yes. Never have this. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, there's, they even have a whole subsetting called session zero. Oh, um, hey. Where it's like, go, all right, let's talk about this. Let's, let's talk about how we're going to run it. Let's be sure that we're available. Um, make sure we've got things that are going to work for everybody. Uh, even a little, I just caught this coming through, coming through here. Um, small printed text. Be mm. careful about that. Be mindful of that, that that might be a, a distraction to some of your players, um, which not everyone thinks about. Yeah. The, the one that, uh, that was really good was um, they, they, they have a, uh, I forget the name of the company, but they, they made a player's screen. And hmm. the font, the font in it is dyslexic uh, friendly, Ooh. and and as as your neighborhood dyslexic, I I really appreciate that. Um, I cannot remember their name. I will try to give them a shout out on Twitter, because um, uh, they they sent me uh, one to look at and and play with, and so me and them. The oldest house elf, she loves it. She loves her little player screen. And yeah, it's it, the fonts and stuff, particularly in something like a gothic horror where you want to do loopy, swirly, you know, cursive and, and, and stuff to, to make it look more period. Yeah, it, it can. It's just a side note to, to 
be mindful of. Mm-hmm. Some people may not even be able to read it. That, that loopy swirly is good for a handout mm-hmm. that you want to look, period. It's mm-hmm. terrible on a player reference. Yes. Um, one thing also I want to draw everyone's attention to that I think is really worth pointing out is they have a subheading here about called After the Horror, which is another one of those important elements of talking to your players after after you've taken them through this ringer. And in theory, every D&D game you should have like a post-game wrap-up. How are we doing? What did we like? Remember, here's my email. If there were things you didn't like and you don't want to talk about it now. here's where you can do it um but especially when you're going to be pushing them narratively to discuss things that are going to creep them out Mm -hmm. you want to make sure you're having a chance to like give them a a moment to say i didn't want to be the one that ruined the moment at the table so i didn't say anything but i was really not okay that that happened to that kid yeah like that one really hit home for me i didn't think it was going to hit home for me but it did and i didn't want to ruin the moment because we were all having a great time but i really hope that never ever happens again as a person right which is different than my character hopes it never happens again because right. that just means you have to do it again mm. yeah yeah exactly uh, yeah <laughs> yeah when your players say please not again that's your players telling you that was that was not an okay place to push yeah sora is is horribly afraid of phase spiders oh there will be phase spiders <laughs> but uh you know dave sitting at the table is horribly afraid of you know arachnophobic it is not okay to have phase spiders back again and again um, yes and then the the book ends on the adventure the house of lament which i have taken to reading and Ooh, I am okay. going to be running in the very, very near future. Nice. Um, it just so happens that my my little candles of Candlekeep have decided that they like the horror setting. So it's like, mm. okay, let's torture you a little bit more, my pretties. <laughs> um, and it just so happened I've recently acquired a particularly horrific adventure to run with you. <laughs> so I don't have to write it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right now, there are flying monkeys leaving Lantern's abode. No more homebrew, please. No, homebrews work. My whole point of my Wednesday night games was supposed to be I I didn't have to prep anything. I could just run it out of the book. Although I think if if you've watched any of Curse of Strahd, um, I do personalize the daylight side of things, so they practically run like a homebrew. Yeah. I, I don't just read the room descriptions and say, what do you do? Okay, here's the monster. Let's kill it. Um, which this one does not, this one falls into the category of, and I'm just going to blink it here really quick. It has a flow chart that they recommend you follow. Nice. Which is separate from the map of the adventure. Yeah. Um, which does like a, like, here's where everything's located, but mm-hmm. there's a, an arch of like, here's how to get your rising tension here's the climax here's the conclusion so it runs much like i write my homebrew games and i'm i'm already like starting to salivate the idea of like putting my little candles through it that's what i call them they're my candles they're they're, they're these little bright spots i get to toy with (laughs) almost blow them out (laughs) yeah so verdicts Mm. who needs to buy this uh 
I think it's much more of a DM. Like I kind of pre- prefaced, uh, it's much more of a DM book than than a player book. I I really think that, um, I would, I would if I was a player, I would bits and bobs this in D and D Beyond and buy the parts I'm going to use and and want. You know, ooh, I want those two subclasses. I want this. Um, um, there are books out there that I that I've done that for because I own a hard copy of, and I just want it to work in D and D Beyond. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't need all of the um, mythic stories of Theros or whatever it was. Uh, I don't need all that, but I want to have satyrs and you know, <laughs> fae and this and that. So I buy bits and bobs out of it. Um, but if you were a DM, yeah, I can see totally you get this book. E- either in D&D Beyond or, you know, the absolutely gorgeous brick-and-mortar store copy. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm regretting not picking up the, the, the exclusive cover from the brick-and-mortar store hard copy because I do think having looked through it digitally, um, I am going to want this hard copy for myself. Not for Dungeons and not just for Dungeons and Dragons, but for all future RPG gaming right. um, and writing. I think as a writer's guide to horror, this mm-hmm. is incredibly well crafted and well sourced, um, well prepared. In the these are things you should be asking yourself when you're writing, when you're right. preparing the stories, or as a player. Like again, if, if you're a player with a a, a panache for horror there's a value in having this so you're thinking along the same lines as a dm is thinking so you can co-create a good story right 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 yeah i yes where you can then go oh i kind of see where he's headed with this and and help out you know right uh yes the because you know there's nothing worse than getting into a story beat and you're like and they missed the story beat and now they're careening the carriage off the cliff it, it really you know story-wise right um, you know so. yeah but that's i mean that's the thing too where it's like being able to think about these these horror elements as part of your backstory as mm-hmm. part of your your character relationships i can see a player who's really deep into horror that wants to play with with being mind screwed by your dm these are some good questions to answer to hand your dm the tools with which the mind fudgery may begin um because that helps them i mean we we can't be inside your head so much that we know what buttons to push Mm -hmm. if you can tell us hey here's some buttons you can feel free to push on and uh, yeah i i know i know myself enough to know this Go for I'd it. Really, I'd really like to be haunted by my, you know, d- dead paramour. Um. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and here's a little bit of a basis to uh, the, you take them the rest of the way, mm-hmm. you know, or you decide how they died and you decide this and just really mess with me. It'll be fun. It'll be exciting. Mm-hmm. I won't know what's going on and that will make it exciting in the moment. Yeah. Um, I do tend to agree for mechanics if it's stuff you want on your D character sheets mm-hmm. bits and bobs is probably the best bet um yep. because there just isn't a lot that's going to be added yeah to D beyond for you with this digital purchase yep. um the homebrew is not that good the dm is making crap up on the spot 
because he is not planning it out as well as he could have. Um, although I appreciate the kind words. I, 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 maybe I'm shooting myself further down than I should. I'm maybe I'm not that bad at what I do. Um, I still don't think I'm good enough to charge for it, but that's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, I definitely do think as a, as a storyteller and a writer, this is a phenomenal collection of ideas to muse on. Yeah. I do think they dedicated probably a little too much space to here's a whole bunch of pre-written stuff. Mm. I think they probably could have cut the middle, that middle section of all those domains. They could cut that all out and just left you with a couple of plot hooks and then maybe published an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it really is. Now two, I'll say most likely this is the, this is the advert. This is the, the marketing test where is everybody's like, Ooh, dark on dark on dark on dark on, you know, then they'll go, Oh, Oh, they want that. Here is your adventure for, you know, the, the, this dread realm here, this is for that, you know? And, and so it was a, a lot like uh, the ancient Greyhawk book. It would it would give you stats about a country and a blurb about the country, and then then they could place adventures in that country, like modules there. Or when they wrote a module, they'd say, "Well, this would work really good in the you know." Uh-huh. They're all called the Duchy of Such and Who or the Scarlet Brotherhood, yep. you know. So. Yeah. So there's our verdict. We we yep. expect to see some adventures in the really popular campaign settings in the near future. Uh, so keep an eye for those as that's our prediction. Um, and if you're a DM, definitely grab it. If you're a player, maybe grab it. If you're a writer, it should already be on your shelf. If you're into writing the horror fantasy horror genres, or I would even say urban fantasy, mm-hmm. you should pick it up because this will add that tension that Bella and Edward never have. Right. What have you got on tap for this week, my friend? Um, What's I'm on up? vacation this week, but I will be playing masks on Thursday. Uh, I will be uh, Sunday morning doing Grifflands, maybe the final chapter. We have to decide. I will be putting out a, when we finish, I will put out a sorry, Twitter poll. Uh, Twitter poll to find out what we're going to play next. And then back here on Tuesday. That sounds like fun. I've got um, Wednesday night is our last game for a month of our Candlekeep Mysteries group. We're going to be off for the rest of June after. T- so we have a big conclusion tomorrow night, which uh, hopefully I can match last week's energy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on this weekend yet. I They just came out with a D&D game on Steam uh, called the Solasta or Celesta. Yeah, it's uh, pretty good. And it's, it's, a, it's straight fifth edition. So yep. no matter how bad the game is, I have a ton of stuff to say about it, which makes yep. it great streaming fodder. Good, good. Um, Sunday night, we're back again with the uh, Curse of Strahd. We're in episode four. And then Monday night next week, before we get together again, I'm hanging out with that other pond who is going to be playing in my Ravenloft one shot mm. the following weekend. She and I are chilling out um, and making characters for it. So we're doing all the, we're doing the pre-gens right, for the weekend's right. game. We're going to chat and talk D&D and it'll, hopefully we actually get six characters made i kind of <laughs> figure we're gonna get two characters made and spend the rest of the time gabbing about our D history uh, but it should be a lot of fun because on the 12th 
which is a week from Saturday, I'm getting together with the Raven Armed, the Reluctant Hermit, the Other Pond, and Linarius, and they're going to see the the convention version of I-6 Ravenloft. Yeah. So I'm, nice. I'm like so geeked to get all these great gamers to the table. I'm going to start talking about it now. Fantastic. So if you've been listening to the podcast, thank you for listening in. We appreciate you being here. Please consider leaving a review on Apple Podcasts so others can find this great content. Remember, we are a proud partner of the Inverse Genius Network. So if you can, f- if you find any Inverse Genius content, you should check them all out. There's a range of podcasts and video sh- channels talking about board games, role-playing games, video games, VR. They're all over the map. Thank you for coming, for downloading the show and for listening in. And Gree, do you have a parting thought for our podcast listeners? Yes. Uh, so if, if there, there was an old man who lived in our village and we thought he was a blood drinker, a Dracula, a vampire. So we stuck a stake in his heart and he died. Hence, we knew he was the vampire. And on that note, folks, watch out for stakes. Get vaxxed, get masked, stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.